You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. A reminder, again, that it is Election Day. Make sure you get to the polls today. Make your choices for the races that are on the ballot. Super important, especially in years like this, off off election years when and people are not paying as much attention. All right, immigration has long been one of the most contentious issues in our country, but it has stirred up even more controversy since the election of Donald Trump, who espouses isolationist and hardline anti-immigration policies. We hear a lot of anecdotal stories about the human toll of U.S. immigration policies, families torn apart, people living in fear of deportation, workers being tainted, advantage of. But one University of Michigan anthropologist is using artifacts to tell these stories in a more tangible way. Jason DeLeon collects artifacts left behind in the desert by migrants living and dead near the southern border with Mexico. He was recently awarded a MacArthur Genius Grant for this work, and he joins us now to talk about his work. Jason DeLeon, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I, the, 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 the very concept of your work is quite fascinating to me. The idea that, uh, that the space that these migrants occupy uh, between uh, Mexico and the United States is something of an archaeological space, right? Uh, a space where things that are left behind tell important stories not about the past, but about the present. Uh, first, tell me how you came up with the idea uh, that this would that, that this was work that needed doing. Well, I'm a classically trained archaeologist who, after my dissertation, which was really on the early political economy of um, ancient indigenous people in Mexico, um, I don't actually know how I ended up doing what I do now, um, but I sort of jumped ship and became very interested in immigration, partly because of my own um, background being the, the child of immigrants growing up on the U.S.-Mexico border, uh, but also realizing that border crossing, clandestine migration, it was something that was really poorly understood, yet everybody seems to have a very strong opinion about it. And it just so happens that migrants crossing places like the southern Arizona desert leave a lot of materials behind in mm-hmm. route. And uh, it became pretty clear when I started looking at this issue that archaeology would be a way to document this process, collect these artifacts, preserve this part of American immigration history, and be able to provide, I think, some more um, nuanced data, you know, a, a sort of better scientific understanding of what this process actually looks like. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, archaeology, in most people's minds, is about history. It's not about the present. Are you shifting the paradigm of the discipline by doing it this way? Are you are you adding a dimension, perhaps, to the idea of what archaeology is? Well, you know, some folks have been doing this over the years um, in different places. There was a, a project in Tucson in the early 80s called the Tucson Garbage Project, mm-hmm. where they basically went and excavated landfills, modern landfills. They picked up people's trash from their um, um, alleys and, and trash cans and started to do kind of an archaeological analysis to help us understand modern uh, consumption patterns. And so much of my scholarship builds on people that have come before me. Uh, I think this particular project is probably at least the most politicized version that Americans have come up with. Uh, but for me, when I think about archaeology, really, it's all it means is it's the study of the past through material remains. 
it doesn't mean that the past has to be 5,000 years ago. I mean, the past could be very much this morning. And mm-hmm. so for me, this this idea of an archaeology of the contemporary um, is really, it's just, it, it's not necessarily reinventing the discipline. It's just kind of um, rethinking elements of it. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the things that you're finding along this border and what they are and what they tell you about the people who left them behind. Well, I think what ends up happening when people hear about this project or they see some of the images or they they visit the exhibitions that we've done, a lot of times people are, um, and, and it's totally understandable, they're captivated by individual objects, um, a pair of baby shoes, a baby bottle, um, a, a dog-eared Bible, love letters, things that um, are quite personal, intimate, that speak to an individual story of, of hardship or survival or optimism. And I think that, that that's one sort of way of thinking about this project. For me, Archaeologically speaking, it's much more about all of this stuff together. And so the fact that um, you know we've been collecting these materials, trying to trying to preserve these things, it's partly to tell these individual stories about the children that have come across, the um, the people seeking to reunite with their families, the the hardship and the death that happens in the desert. But it's also about the massive number of people who have gone through this process. And so we have to you know the one baby bottle or the uh, the the set of family photos. You have to think that that's one of millions of people that have come through this process. Between 2000 and 2015, over 5 million people were apprehended and deported in southern Arizona alone. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about um, this this mass migration that um, that I don't want people to lose sight of it by, by focusing too much on an individual object, but really thinking about just the sheer, uh, the sheer humanity of it. Yeah. <clears throat> At the same time, I, I would imagine that there are things you find that weave narratives that we've or evoke i guess instant narratives about who these people are and what their what their lives look like you know and i think that lately i've been thinking about a couple of objects um and both of these objects are currently on display at the smithsonian um, in the american history museum in a new exhibition called uh, one nation many voices one of these objects is a shirt that we found in 2010 that is a uh uh, a button-up man's T-shirt that has the Statue of Liberty on the back of it, and so the fact that you have these these immigrants carrying these these icons of 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 the American dream in their backpacks, uh, for me, I think that that speaks to the historical connection between places like Ellis Island mm-hmm. and now the Arizona desert. Mm-hmm. And there's another artifact I think that that as a as a parent speaks much more to me now these days, and it's a, it's also on display. And this is an, an empty picture frame that someone has removed the photo from it and left the picture frame behind, but the picture frame says number one dad on it. And and I oftentimes think about who is the number one dad or the number one, what's the best kind of parent one can be in this context? Mm. Is it the parent who who leaves children behind in Mexico or in Latin America so that they can migrate to, to, to send money home? Is it the... Um, the, the parent that stays behind in, in poverty and watches their children, you know, starve, but is at least with them. Um, I, I, for me, this idea that people are migrating for the American dream and all of a sudden now uh, all problems are solved, really this process that people are going through is um, is traumatic and it does not end in the desert. And so I oftentimes think about the way in which transnational migration has fragmented um, families across the, across the globe mm-hmm. and the fact that you have people every single day making these very, very difficult decisions about whether to stay or whether to leave. And then you see these artifacts that, that pop up and, um, and oftentimes really speak directly to those difficult decisions. Yeah. 
This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Jason DeLeon. He is a University of Michigan anthropologist, recently awarded a MacArthur Genius Grant for his work on the human toll of U.S. immigration policies. His work involves going to the border between the United States and Mexico and collecting artifacts, the things that people who are crossing that border leave behind to help tell the story of immigration into the United States, to help tell the story of people who leave everything behind, in some cases, to get to a better life. What can we learn about their lives? What can we learn about our country from these artifacts? And uh, what does it tell us about the debate over immigration overall, a debate that has heated up in the last 10 months as President Donald Trump, who has come out and said uh, he wants to be much tougher about who gets to tell who gets to come to the United States. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call 313-577-1019. Have you or your loved ones been affected by US immigration policies for better or for worth uh, for worse? Did your family move up to Detroit from the south and bring incredible things along? Uh, from there, think of the the migration inside the United States that's helped shape this country. Lots of people, I think, uh, brought things with them or maybe had to leave things behind uh, that were important parts of their narrative. Again, 313-577-1019. What objects tell the story of your family and its journey to the United States or inside the United States. Uh, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will work your comments into the conversation. Uh, Jason, I want to ask you about what you feel these objects tell us about the debate that we're having about immigration in the United States. How ought these artifacts inform the way we think of immigrants uh, and and the uh, that, that burning desire that people have to come here, but the complications that attend so many of their journeys. Well, I think the the objects do a, a whole bunch of different things. Um, I think that they highlight the fact that this idea that the southern Mexico border is this open door where terrorists and people who are coming here to destroy this country are are coming through, um, I think is really undermined once you start to look at the things that people are carrying with them. Now, granted, people are coming in through all sorts of um, uh, ways into this country, um, you know, uh, the, the, the criminal element, the drugs, et cetera, et cetera. But the U.S.-Mexico border has become this sort of scapegoat for all of these economic, political, and social anxieties. But when you look at it on the ground, you know, it's just, it's mostly poor people. It's people either trying to um, uh, improve their life so they and seeking employment here and we we employ lots of undocumented people around the country with um, with little fanfare um, but the but the border itself becomes this point where people really want to um, to, 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 to to focus on it I think um, as a sort of smokescreen but when you start to look at what's you know what's on the ground it it speaks to the you know individual suffering it speaks to the experiences of the poor and um, in many ways there is a very easy parallel between the stuff that you see in the along the U.S. Mexico border now and the stuff that you see in places like Ellis Island. 
The difference being, we've had 100 years of romanticism to reflect back on how wonderful Ellis Island was and how the immigrants who came from Eastern Europe worked really hard and learned English and, and became these upright American citizens. We forget that we treated them so incredibly poorly in the early 20th century. We forget that we demonized the Chinese in the early 20th century. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've had 100 years to forget about that and to now romanticize those experiences and those artifacts and that history in um, in in stark opposition to the things that are happening now on the U.S.-Mexico border. So um, I think for me, the archaeology is is a, an attempt to, to try to connect those dots and to force people to have that conversation and to... Um, to undermine this idea that there is some sort of fundamental difference between between the early immigrant experience of the 20th century and what's happening right now. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Jason DeLeon, an anthropologist from the University of Michigan, and we will take your calls. What objects mean something to your family that you brought here, either from another country or another region of this country? Sandra in Detroit, you're up next. Stay with us on Detroit Today. Listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Jason DeLeon. He is a University of Michigan anthropologist, recently awarded a MacArthur Genius Grant for his work on the human toll of U.S. immigration policies. His work takes him to the Sonoran Desert, collecting artifacts of the people left behind. Uh, or the people who are crossing the border into the United States, the things that they bring with them that fall out of their sacks or just can't make it with them into this country. What do those artifacts tell us about their lives? What do those artifacts tell us about immigration? What do those artifacts tell us about our state of the debate here in America, about who is American, who gets to be American, and the process they go through in order to do that. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call, 313-577-1019. Tell us about the importance of objects in your family narrative. Tell us about the importance of objects in the journey that your family made, either to the United States or maybe within the United States. Uh, You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag uh, Detroit Today, um, and we will try to work you into the conversation. Let's go to Sandra in Detroit. Sandra, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Hi. Um, My parents migrated from Tennessee. We were all born in Tennessee, but they came to Detroit because my father couldn't find work there, and they took me back to be born in Tennessee. That was very important from them. When we first moved in our first house was on Milwaukee. It was a cedar chest full of quilts that were over 100 years old that had been passed down because they had no money to buy blankets. Mm-hmm. And a lot of World War II things that my father had sent my mother when he was in the Philippines, one being a bracelet that I wear every day that was made from a piece of sheet metal that they covered the bullet holes with, and a ring that's made from a smashed nickel. But we also have native blood, so our relationship to America is what is American. I'm not documented as a native person because we had no birth records saying that my father was even connected wow. to his mother. So this, this 
whole conversation goes really deep as to what is an American, who is an immigrant, and everyone or no one has a right to be here. I think everyone has a right to be here. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sandra, do you still have the quilts and the cedar chest? Oh, my goodness, yes. They are my most treasured things. They'll be passed down. I have no children, but they'll be passed down to my nieces and nephews. Most certainly. Everything that was in that cedar chest before is still in that cedar chest. My mother's been gone for 15 years. My father's been gone for 12. Wow. Wow. Sandra, thanks very much for the call and for for sharing that personal history with us. Uh, Jason DeLeon, hearing her talk about uh, the, the, the cedar chest and the quilts and that journey from Tennessee up to Michigan makes me think of, and I don't know if, if Sandra's African-American or not, obviously, but it does make me think of the journey that African-Americans have made in in this country from the South to the North. Uh, last year, I had a chance to go see the Jacob Lawrence paintings about that great migration. I, the, the, the idea of things, the things that we choose to bring, the, the things that we leave behind, it, it's such a common part of the American story, and you're focused on it and, as it pertains to this particular immigration story, but I think uh, so many of us uh, have similar, similar dynamics in our families. You know, and I think we can think about these things in terms of great migrations, especially forced migrations. Um, We could think about the West African slave trade. Mm -hmm. We could think about the Trail of Tears. Mm -hmm. Um, These moments where people are being forcibly moved from one place to another, and they're not able to bring much with them. Um, You know, the few things they are able to hang on to become so vital to those stories and to those those families and to those individuals. And I think about, you know, these things are very connected. Our our relationship to objects is is deep. The the history of our species, you know, we have been making stuff and using things to to survive, to tell stories, um, to get through uh, the day in all kinds of different ways. And so artifacts are are, are crucial to to our identity as, as humans, as cultural beings. And I oftentimes think about, you know, these really, um, these traumatic mass migrations where people are not able to bring much with them. They lose a lot of things along the way. And for me, with the with the sort of undocumented migration that's been happening really um, for a long time, but um, more specifically in the last kind of 20 years, you've got this movement where people are losing so much en route. Um, and a lot of times now, and people will say that they don't even bring anything with them anymore because they expect to lose everything. Wow. And so you've got um, these stories that get left in the desert, that get lost. You have people who who now, you know, when you talk to, to people who have undocumented family members in the United States, they will often say that, that the stories are too painful for people to tell. Um, they often don't want to talk about them. Um, they oftentimes might not have any sort of... Um, uh, artifact or or object from that those experiences because things were lost they were arrested they were deported numerous times um, and so part of this kind of project I think you know it, it's it's archaeological salvage mm-hmm. so it's it's an attempt to collect these things and preserve them so that these folks who have gone through this this very difficult experience will be will have something to reference in the future and then and that their families as well as us as as American citizens will be able to um, to see these objects up close and to be able to understand their connection to this both this mass migration and the history of mass migration in this country. Yeah. Uh, final question. Uh, the Genius Grant comes with 
a sizable amount of money. Uh, I, I, I'm sure you're going to do some fun things with that cash, but I'm also curious about how that money might aid what you're doing or expand it. Uh, do you have plans to make that money, uh, you know, help you make this a bigger, an even bigger endeavor? The money, much of the money will go towards expanding the research projects that we've been doing, mm-hmm. both um, in Mexico on the Central American experience, um, the forensic work we've been doing in Arizona. Um, some of this money will be donated to places like the Colibri Center for Human Rights, which is um, in, in Tucson. They focus on reunite, reuniting unidentified bodies with families in Latin America. They deal with a lot of missing persons reports that come through. Right now, they're they're working through about a thousand unidentified bodies mm-hmm. that have been recovered in Arizona. So part of this will will go to, to support that work. Um, and part of it will, will go to support um, student research. I was a first-generation college student. Um, I didn't expect to even really get through college, much less become um, a, a professor. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't it wasn't for the people who who supported me along the way, who encouraged me to do independent research. I wouldn't be the the, the person that I am today. So this work, this um, this grant will go towards supporting that sort of research. And um, you know, I've benefited greatly from um, students at my home institution, at the University of Michigan. So um, much of, the, of these funds will go to to get more more students into the field doing this wow. sort of work, and and hopefully getting them to to push it. In, in new directions as well. Yeah. Okay. Jason DeLeon, University of Michigan anthropologist, recently awarded the MacArthur Genius Grant. Thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> That's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, community service of Wayne State University. Get out there and vote today. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>